2: The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern.
2: People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels.
4: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. So like many of you, I have trouble sleeping. I have insomnia. No matter what I tried, it wouldn't work. Until I met Mike Lindell and I got my very own MyPillow. It has changed my life. What makes my pillow so different is my pillow's patented adjustable fill. In other words, you can adjust the patented fill to your exact individual needs so you get the support you need and want to help you get to sleep faster and stay asleep longer. Just go to mypillow.com or call one 800 919 6090 Remember, use the promo code Hannity. When you do, Mike Lindell will give you his best offer ever. Buy one pillow and get Get another one absolutely free. MyPillow, made in the USA, 10-year unconditional warranty, and it has a 60-day, no-questions-asked money-back guarantee. You have nothing to lose. So it's time for you to start getting the quality of sleep that you've been wanting and we need. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity. Take advantage of Mike's special two-for-one offer, MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity.
6: Peter Strzok is selected to be on Mueller's team. After all this history, put on Mueller's team, and then he's removed for some pro-Clinton text messages. I mean, there are all kinds of people on Mueller's team who are pro-Clinton, there's been all kinds of stories. PolitiFact reported 96% of the top lawyers' uh, uh, contributions went to Clinton or Obama. But Peter Strzok, the guy who ran the Clinton investigation, interviewed Mills, Aberdeen, interviewed Secretary Clinton, changed gross negligence and crime to the term extreme carelessness, who ran the Russian investigation, who interviewed Mike Flynn, gets put on Mueller's team, and then he gets kicked off for a text message that's anti-Trump. If he kicked everybody off Mueller's team who was anti-Trump, I don't think there'd be anybody left. So here, here there's got to be something more here. It can't just be some text messages that show a pro-Clinton, anti-Trump bias. There's gotta be something more. And I'm trying to figure out what it is. But my hunch is, it has something to do with the dossier. Director Did Peter Strzok helped produce and present the application to the FISA court to secure a warrant to spy on Americans associated with the Trump campaign.
7: Uh, Congressman, I'm not prepared to discuss anything about uh, a FISA process in this
6: it's setting. Not a, we're not talking about what happened in the court, we're talking about what the FBI took to the court, the application. Did Peter Strzok, was he involved in taking that to the court?
7: Uh, I'm not going to discuss in this setting anything to do with the FISA court applications.
6: The Democrat National Committee and the Clinton campaign, which we now know were one and the same, paid the law firm who paid Fusion GPS who paid Christopher Steele, who then paid Russians to put together a report that we call a dossier full of all kinds of fake news National Enquirer garbage. And it's been reported that this dossier was all dressed up by the FBI, taken to the FISA court and presented as a legitimate intelligence document that it became the basis for granting a warrant to spy on Americans. And I'm wondering wondering if that actually took place. It sure looks like it did. And the easiest way to clear it up is for you guys to tell us what was in that application and who
7: took it there. Congressman, our staffs have been having extensive interaction with both intelligence committees on our interaction with the FISA court, and I think that's the appropriate setting for those questions.
6: Here's what I think, Director Ray. I think Peter Strzok, head of counterintelligence at the FBI, Peter Strzok, the guy who ran the Clinton investigation, did all the interviews, Peter Strzok, the guy who was running the Russian investigation at the FBI, Peter Strzok, Mr. Super Agent at the FBI, I think he's the guy who took the application to the the FISA court. And if that happened, I mean, think if this happened, if you had the FBI working with a campaign, the Democrats' campaign, taking opposition research, dressing it all up and turning it into an intelligence document and taking it to the FISA court so they could spy on the other campaign, if that happened, that is as wrong as it gets. And you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. You can clear it all up. You could clear it all up for all of us here, all the Congress who wants to know, and frankly, all of America who wants to know, you could clear it all up by releasing, we sent you a letter two days ago just released the application, tell us what was in it. Tell us if I'm wrong. But I don't think I am. I think that's exactly what happened. And if it did, it is as wrong as it can be. And people who did that, need to be held accountable.
7: Congressman, we will not hesitate to hold people accountable after there has been an appropriate investigation, independent and objective, by the Inspector General into the handling of the prior matter. And based on that, I will look at all available remedies, depending on what the facts are when they are found. As to the access to the dossier, that's something that is a subject of ongoing discussion between my staff and the various intelligence committees.
6: There's nothing prohibiting you, director. Is there anything prohibiting you from showing this committee the what was presented to the FISA court? The, the application you all put together at the FBI that was presented to the FISA court, is there anything preventing you from showing us that?
7: The
8: time the gentleman has expired, the director can respond.
7: I, I do not believe that I can legally and
6: appropriately share a FISA court submission with this committee. I'm talking about what the FBI put together, not what the court had. What, what you took there, what was the, the process put together, what you presented, what you took to the court.
7: When, when I sign FISA applications, which I have to do almost every day of the week, they are all covered with a classified information cover.
8: So that's part of why we is it would likely be discussing that Peter it Struck,
6: is it likely that Peter Strzok played a part in the application the presented to the FISA court?
8: The gentleman's time has expired. However, I do want to follow up on your last response to the gentleman. This committee, the House Judiciary Committee, has primary jurisdiction over the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. Yeah. Uh, so any request? for documents coming uh, to any part of the Congress should include the House Judiciary Committee, and if it uh, uh, is classified in any way, shape, or form, it can be provided to us uh, in a classified setting. But uh, that is information that we are very much interested in Mr. Chairman. very much want to receive. Just a question to the chairman.
6: Yeah, I don't think there's anything prohibiting the FBI from giving us what they used to put together what was taken to the FISA court. That's what we're asking for, and there is nothing prohibiting him from doing that.
8: I don't think there is either. The time of the gentleman has expired, however. Do you care to respond to that? Director? Ray, and I think I've covered
5: it. All right, part of the explosive hearings that took place uh, today in the hearing with Christopher Ray, the FBI director, and we still have more questions than answers at this point. But an amazing job, I've got to say. Jim Jordan was a total, complete rock star asking Ray if Peter Struck used the Steele dossier as as it is an application to get the FISA warrant to spy on. You know, then candidate and then afterwards president-elect Donald Trump and his campaign and anybody associated with that campaign. Now, remember that that dossier was full of lies, misinformation, propaganda bought and paid for by Hillary Clinton, her campaign. And as Donna Brazil said, the Hillary Clinton run DNC turned out to be lies. What an irony, right? What a what a boomerang back on Democrats. Hillary Clinton buying, paying for a dossier full of Russian lies to manipulate the American public in the lead up to an election. And then the FBI in bed with this guy. It's unbelievable. Now, we have new developments on this case today that I think will blow you away a little bit because we have a senior Justice Department staffer. He works directly under Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. Rod Rosenstein appointed In the case, Robert Mueller, to be the special counsel. Well, guess what uh, Rod Rosenstein's BFF did? Well, anyway, we find out that he actually, now we got to backtrack here. Now, he had contacts with the Fusion GPS team that was responsible for the Hillary Clinton bought and paid for anti-Trump propaganda lying dossier. This is unbelievable, confirmed by Fox News today. And until this morning, Bruce Orr was an associate deputy attorney general, a post that placed him four doors down from his boss, the guy that appointed Mueller, Rod Rosenstein. Now, Orr has been ousted from his office off the fourth floor, the main justice floor, although he's going to retain, I guess, his position as director of uh, organized crime drug enforcement task forces. The whole House of Cards, as I've been predicting, it's now coming, tumbling down, and it's only the beginning. I can't tell you all I know yet, but it's coming. Tick-tock, it's there. And, and we've not been wrong on a tick-tock prediction yet. Now, Orr has been uh, ousted from this job on the fourth floor of the main justice, and uh, initially senior department officials could not provide the reason for his demotion. Until James Rosen over at Fox News learned that evidence collected by the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, that's the one chaired by Devin Nunes, indicated that Orr met during the 2016 campaign with Christopher Steele. Well, he's the guy that paid for the Russian lies. The guy that was paid by Hillary. It's unbelievable. It's all beginning to come crashing down. Do we care about Trump-Russia collusion? Do we care about Hillary-Russian propaganda? Lies to influence an election and distort a a, a presidential campaign? Unbelievable. Additionally, House investigators have determined that Orr met shortly after the election with Glenn Simpson. Who's Glenn Simpson? He's the founder of Fusion GPS, who's been trying to desperately hide from from what it is his firm has been involved in. This is like black ops, you know, op research that he's involved in here. They're the, they're the firm that hired Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele is the one that paid the Russians for the lies on Donald Trump and using the funds of Hillary Clinton and the DNC that's run by Hillary Clinton. You can't make this stuff up anymore. Now, so what we saw is, uh, and what's coming, by the way, and what could be the most significant congressional hearing since Donald Trump became president, well, now the House Judiciary announced today that they're going to question Deputy Assistant General Attorney General, rather, Rod Rosenstein, over the reports that the Mueller investigation has been compromised by a pronounced anti-Trump bias that I've been telling you about all week. And the committee's announcement came just hours after Rosenstein told NBC News that he's satisfied with the way Mueller is handling his job and the probes being conducted. Anyway, a press release was issued by Bob Goodlatte. He said, I'm very troubled by the recent controversy surrounding staff assigned to the special counsel investigation into the Russian interference in last year's presidential election. One investigator has been removed from the special counsel's team for sending anti-Trump, pro-Hillary texts. And by the way, so was his girlfriend. He's also believed to have played a key role in the Clinton investigation. Well, that's the one that he teamed up with Comey in writing the exoneration before the investigation as it relates to the email server scandal. And that allowed her and her associates not to have the laws of this land applied the same way they'd be applied to all of you listening to this program. And she goes unpunished for what we, what we know are crimes. With the private email server scandal. And not mishandling classified information. Top secret information. Special access program information. And destroying the same. And then covering it all up by deleting all the emails. 33,000 of them. That we now know weren't about yoga, a wedding, a funeral. And emails to Bill who doesn't email. And then busting up hard drives and acid wash and bleach bit and the whole bit. You know, they're writing her exoneration way before they did the investigation. So it's a disgrace if you believe in the Constitution. Constitution is our foundation of laws in this country. We're not going to be a nation of laws if we have a dual system of justice. One for the Clintons, one for Democrats, and one for everybody else. So next week... The House Judiciary Committee is going to ask Rod Rosenstein, the Deputy Attorney General that hired his buddy Mueller because Comey wanted it and leaked to the New York Times, all friends together. And then they hire Weissman, the most unethical person I've ever seen with the most atrocious track record of unethical behavior. Uh, They're all buddies. They're all friends. They all work together. It's a national disgrace at this point. Also, Charles Grassley is demanding that the FBI turn over all records on Trump-hating FBI agent Peter Strzok. Anyway, eight hundred nine four one. Sean shawn is uh, our number. You want to be a part of the program. Today was spectacular. It's everything we've been telling you and the media's been ignoring was on full display today. We'll get Ted Cruz's take at this on the bottom of the air. We got Sarah Carter. She's been at the forefront of all of this. Remember, her first report was about surveillance warrants against the a candidate, and then sitting president-elect. Then we've got a debate on that. we got pollsters, Doug Schoen, John McGloss, so much more coming. All right, only two words you need to remember while making your list and checking it twice this holiday season. Tommy John, they are the revolutionary men's underwear, T-shirt, sock brand, and they have redefined comfort for men everywhere, including and especially me. All Tommy John underwear is crafted from the most comfortable fabric you'll ever use. It's impossible to be uncomfortable in Tommy John. Plus, their innovation never takes a day off at Tommy John, even during the holidays. They're constantly thinking of new ways to give you the best product you've ever tried. Like their patented undershirts I wear every day. Well, they stay tucked in and literally pull perspiration right off your body. And also, Tommy John, their underwear is backed by the best pair you'll ever wear, guarantee, or it's free from TommyJohn.com. So give the gift of life-changing comfort for the holidays. TommyJohn.com slash Hannity. You get 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash Hannity. Plus, you get extra savings with exclusive holiday daily deals. Only at TommyJohn.com slash Hannity. All right, the president, by the way, meeting with uh, congressional leaders in the Oval Office. Let's dip in and hear a little what of this. All
0: here is a very friendly, well-unified group. It's a well-knit-together group of people, and we hope that we're going to make some great progress for our country. I think that will happen, and uh, we appreciate it very much. And uh, Chuck, Nancy, would you say anything? Might you say
7: anything? Chuck? Well, we hope we can uh, come to an agreement. Uh, Funding the government is extremely important. Helping our soldiers is very important. And helping average citizens is very important. So we're here in the spirit of, let's get it done.
9: Thank you, Mr. President, for this opportunity. Uh, we are here to make progress. Uh, we have some important issues that we share with you. You have described the opioid crisis in our country. We want to address that, help our veterans, As chip uh, Children's Health Insurance, and, uh, again, all things that have bipartisan support in the Congress. That's very good. Thank you,
8: Nancy, Mitch? Mr. President, we're here to... Uh... Reach a bipartisan agreement to finish out the year. And i uh, glad that you invited us and happy to be
10: here. Thank you very much. Paul? Glad we're here to resume conversations. Mike,
0: well,
1: have anything? Each uh, person has said less. One sentence. <laughs> I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for the leaders of both political parties. This is a time of great opportunity in this country. We're seeing growth at home, but we have many challenges abroad, many challenges facing the American people, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm more confident than ever, Mr. President, uh, with your leadership and with the good faith uh, of all the people in this room, that uh, uh, before before this Christmas uh, will produce real results
2: for the American people. That'll make America stronger and more prosperous. Well, thank you very much. I thought that with what's going on in the world. Uh, I would bring our great
0: military genius-slash-person along, and maybe uh, General Mattis could say a couple of words. Uh, It's an honor to be here with the leaders
11: uh, from the Hill, sir. The number one priority for our country is to make certain we protect this Constitution and our way of life, and we've had great bipartisan
1: support. I'm confident we'll walk out of this with it.
2: I am, too. Thank you all very
5: much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, the, I see that Chuck and Nancy decided to show up today. Oh, so nice of them. They were so busy last time. Last week when, when, of course, they were invited to the White House so they can actually, you know, put together a budget. By the way, the government never shuts down anyway. Just so you know, essential employees, they all stay. All the checks go out. The only one who gets off government, non-essential employees, and they always get their money back anyway. It's a ruse. It's a game that they play so often. Oh, you're going to blame you for the... We'll blame, you. We'll blame you. We'll blame you. The government never shuts down. All right. Uh, Ted Cruz, Senator Cruz from Texas. Next, Sarah Carter at the top of the hour. A lot of information coming your way. Straight ahead. All right. 25 now till the top of the hour. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, You want to be a part of the program. Interesting side note as it relates to the Al Franken. I'll resign in the next few weeks report today. It looks like... Well, according to the Cook Political Report, they now changed their rating for Minnesota's Senate race to toss-up in the wake of Franken and his resignation. But you got to remember the the governor when he resigns is a Democrat. The governor is going to put in that spot the person that he wants to be elected next November because that will then happen next November the election based on what the state law of, of Minnesota says. So, Anyway, the governor's Mark uh, Dayton, a Democrat, and he's expected to appoint someone that Democrats want to run in the midterms next year, leaving a lot of people speculating that the lieutenant governor Tina Smith is probably the top pick. And although widely considered a blue state, Democratic nominee Hillary Clinton she won the state by just over forty three thousand votes. That state nearly that state nearly flipped, when you think about it. And Franken won uh, his. 2008 raised by narrow margins as well. So I think Republicans uh, have already been targeting blue congressional districts where President Trump performed well to try and gain some ground. You know, it's fascinating. That's like the only one thing that the Re- Republican Party wants in terms of Donald Trump. Well, we'll take if you can bring people, if you can give me your endorsement, you know, but we don't want anything else to do with you. I mean, that kind of speaks volumes about everything and about how politicians in general actually work all right 800 941 is our number you know there's very few people in Washington that I really believe are principled and fighting uh and keeping promises and doing a good job I was very happy with what the president did yesterday making Jerusalem the capital of Israel I don't know why four of the presidents had promised it and they never got it done uh I think back and I watch and I remember Ted Cruz in 2013 saying hey uh House and Senate, uh, uh, I'm doing a filibuster. We actually have the constitutional authority, uh, separation of powers. We spend money. You know, no president can spend a dime without Congress, and we could defund Obamacare. And he was excoriated by his own party at the time, but he was one of the few people that stood up and actually spoke the truth and seemed willing to stand by the promise that he made for the great people of Texas. And uh, anyway, Ted Cruz is joining us now. Uh, Senator, how are you? Long time no hear.
10: Uh, Sean, great to be with you. It's, it's always good to be back.
5: You know, there's only a few people that I like in Washington that will even come on my show now. The Freedom Caucus members, you, Ram Paul, and that's about it. Well, it's... Uh... And uh, by the way, I don't, I, don't, I don't give a rip if they're going to come on, and, and this is my reason. <laughs> is because you you stood there alone and they beat the crap out of you for for actually telling them what their job is and keeping a promise and it never got
10: done well, I, I think this last election reflected a whole lot of people across this country very frustrated with Washington and frustrated with politicians who wouldn't do what they promised. And uh, I think that should have been a wake-up call uh, to everyone in Washington uh, that, that we I, we need to either deliver or be shown the door. And, and, and that being said, uh, I think the vote Friday night, uh, passing tax reform out of the Senate, was a big, big deal and, and a huge victory for the American people.
5: I totally agree with you, especially middle-class cuts. I like the repatriation quotient involved in that, multinationals, yep. literally having the ability to bring trillions back to the country, the corporate tax, also what the president has been doing in terms of ending burdensome regulation and Absolutely. moving towards energy independence, all the things that you have supported. Uh, I do think they could have gone further. I do sure. think they could have had across-the-board cuts, like I know you supported and Rand supported yep. Yep. and the Freedom Caucus supported. Uh,
10: th- th- there's no doubt that it could have been an even bigger and bolder tax cut, and that's something I strenuously urged. Uh, that being said, there are many good elements uh, I- I- in this tax bill. It cuts taxes on small businesses. It cut taxes on, on job creators, uh, which which should generate more jobs and raise wages. And, and I'll tell you, there were several battles that I was intimately involved in in, the, in this tax cut cut debate, where we prevailed and conservatives prevailed. You know, two months ago, uh, I began publicly calling for ending the Obamacare individual mandate as a part of tax reform, and 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 when I was doing that, it was me and, and just a handful of conservatives. It was me and Rand Paul and Tom Cotton, and and we. We didn't even, I would say, have six senators supporting us at the time. By the way, you can
5: add cotton to the list of good guys. I agree with you.
10: Yeah. The three of us were were making the lonely case for that. And most of our colleagues were wary that it would jeopardize tax reform. And we made the case vigorously, both both privately and publicly. This is the right thing to do, the individual mandate. It's an unfair IRS penalty on 6.5 million people because they can't afford health insurance and And we went from virtually nobody in the conference agreeing with us to Friday night fifty one Republican senators voted to end the individual mandate, which is which is one of the worst parts of Obamacare, and to use the three hundred and thirty eight billion dollars that saves. To lower individual rates to lower marginal rates all across the board, and to double the child tax credit from one thousand dollars per child to two thousand dollars per child, that was a big, big conservative victory and Two months ago, nobody thought we could get it done.
5: you know you did something I bet i, I honestly I should have talked about it because I knew about it, but i I, I just it, it escaped my mind with everything going on with Mueller and this this witch hunt as far as I'm concerned, but you were able to actually offer an amendment on Friday to make what's known as 529 education savings accounts, which are just phenomenal. And these accounts up until now have been used exclusively only for college tuition expenses, but your amendment, which got stuck at 50, 50, it literally now allows uh, and expands the use of $529 for two additional purposes uh, tuition for students in, in K-12 private and parochial schools and, and also cost-related to homeschooling, and that's up to $10,000 per child, and it can be distributed for those purposes. That's a big deal, and, and Vice President Pence, you know, came in to save the day and break the tie.
10: Sean, that, that, that's exactly right. This is the most significant sc- school choice federal legislation that has ever passed And and it takes 529s. 529s are incredibly popular. Millions of Americans use them where you can save in a tax-advantaged way to pay for your kids or your grandkids uh, college tuition. And and this expands 529, so you can still use them for college, but now you can use them for K through 12, for public school, for private school, for parochial school, for religious school, for tutoring, uh, for therapy with kids with disabilities, uh, it, it puts parents and grandparents in charge, $10,000 per child per year, and, and it passed, as, as you noted, 50-50. In fact, you know there was some real drama uh, on the floor. I'll tell you, tell you an inside story you'll enjoy. So we're sitting there past midnight. We begin voting. We lose one Republican, and then we lose a second Republican. Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski both vote now.
5: Yeah, shocking. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> At that point...
10: The, the floor staff picks up the phone and calls the vice president, says, Mr. Vice President, looks like we may have a tie vote. We need you to come down. He was up at his residence. So he gets in the car, starts taking the motorcade down to Capitol Hill. Then Joe Manchin, Democrat from West Virginia, comes down and votes yes. And, and there's an audible gasp in the well of the Senate. Good for him. Um, When that happens, the floor staff picks up the phone, calls the vice president, says, Mr. Vice President, we just got Manchin. It looks like we don't need you after all. You can head on home. So the motorcade turns around, starts heading back. Then Manchin goes back to his desk, and he's surrounded by Democrats. They descend on him like a horde of locusts and just begin (laughs) beating the living daylights at him, yelling at him. And five minutes later, Manchin sheepishly walks down. Changes his vote. Changes his vote to no. Man. And so the floor staff calls the vice president a third time, says, I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President, we do need you. So they turn the motorcade around yet again. (laughs) He heads from the Naval Observatory to the Capitol. Past midnight, he comes onto the Senate floor, said the ayes are 50, the nays are 50, the Senate being evenly divided. The vice president votes in the affirmative, and the biggest school legislation in history is adopted, school choice legislation.
5: I, I can't thank you enough for this. You know, one of my frustrations has been that, like, if you look at the health care debate, and and I know for a fact because the the people that saved that bill in the House were the Freedom Caucus. Yep. And you, you worked hand in hand with House members. And by the way, as a general rule, senators think they're they're so snobby that they can't even talk to House members half the time. <laughs> And you know that's true, yeah. And and you help. You are intimately involved, helping them. People like uh, Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan every step of the way.
10: A- absolutely.
5: And it's it, it, what was missing in that debate, Senator. You know what was missing? You, you're talking about the biggest education change. That's a big idea. Yep. All right. So is health savings accounts. Absolutely. I've been quoting Musgrave and Goodman patient power for all my career. Almost. Yep. yep. I've been putting on this poor doctor from Wichita, Kansas, Dr. Josh Umber to say, Hey, 50 bucks a month, unlimited care, 24, 7, 365, a 95% reduction on, on pharmaceuticals. Hello, wake up. There are models and paradigms we can adopt.
10: Well, you're exactly right, and, and, and listen. Conservatives, we win when we tell the truth, when, when people hear the truth. Liberals win when they, when they effectively hide the truth and lie because their ideas don't work. They fail. Our ideas, free markets work. You know, one of the things in this entire tax reform debate that I've been trying to do is, is trying to do everything I can to move the public debate. So I've done now two different debates on tax reform with Bernie Sanders on CNN uh, town halls.
5: By the and, way, you know, I, 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 I watched stories. you and I said, they, they can't pay you enough to do that. But go ahead.
10: <laughs> well, you know, it's important. I mean, you're doing it every day on the airwaves. But we've got it. Margaret Thatcher said, first you win the argument, then you win the vote. We've got to explain and lay out the truth, and, and I have to confess, John, my favorite moment in, in the debates with, with Bernie Sanders is, is when I turned to him and I said, you know, one of the things I love about Bernie is he's very honest. He admits he's a socialist. He ran as a socialist. He told the voters of Vermont he wasn't a Democrat. He was a socialist. He, he, that's what he believes in. Uh, but I turned to Bernie and said, Bernie, since this is a debate on tax policy, uh, let me ask you, what is the difference between a Democrat and a socialist on taxes? nothing (laughs) well bernie was silent for four or five seconds and 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 then he said oh i don't have an answer answer to you and i said you know what neither do i that's such a
5: that's that's a that's a grand slam why did why why you get in the debating arena with you is (laughs) what do you think of this franken thing
10: well look i i think it he did what he had to do. The allegations against him are, are, are serious. And, and they kept coming, one woman after another after another. The allegations on their face appear very serious. Uh, and, and so uh, at this point, I don't think he had any choice and, and, and he did what he had to do. And, and, you know, we've seen all across the country uh, powerful men in, in Hollywood, in entertainment, in journalism, in politics. Uh, who abuse their position? Who abuse their position and engaged in, in sexual harassment or sexual assault? Uh, it's wrong, uh, and, and I think it's a good thing that people who have behaved abominably and who, who have abused others are are being called to account.
5: I don't disagree, and I think the, at the end of the day, this is going to be a better environment. I, I think that, uh, because of the courage of of many, there's going to be there's going to be a change i'm at least i hope and pray for crying out loud some of this i'm yes. so sick of reading this crap the next thing though what do you do like in the case of john conyers he denies it right. and what do you do when it's when we don't know the answer right away
10: look it, it can be a complicated question to assess not every allegation is true uh, you know i spent a lot of years in law enforcement you you, you see true allegations and false allegations, and, and people are entitled to a presumption of innocence. Uh, with someone like Conyers, you had multiple former staffers who weren't coming forward anonymously. They were—they were—they had their names. They were making very serious, very specific, very credible accusations that, that I think led to his resignation. And, and you've got to assess with Franken. I think it was up to to seven different accusers, and and. Well, are all of their accusations true? I don't know. But but you've got to do your best.
5: Well, we also had the picture of him with Leanne Tweeden, and the picture with him yeah. and Ariana Huffington and the picture with him and Joy Behar. And because of politics, Joy Behar and and, uh, you know, Ariana said, oh, it's OK. But you know what? The pictures kind of speak loudly, don't they?
10: Th- there 's no doubt the photographs played a significant part, and, and yesterday you saw Senate Democrats one after the other calling on him to resign. I think that that was what what accelerated this decision, but it seemed to be on an in- inevitable path and and you know we obviously have allegations you know what every reporter immediately wants to say is what about roy moore i mean that 's what they, they stop you in the hall with. And and, and my approach to that, look, with Al Franken, what I I believed at the time is if the allegations are true, he should resign, and now he has resigned. With Roy Moore, what I said at the time, if the allegations are true, he should drop out and give Alabama voters the choice of a strong conservative, but if they're not true… He should vigorously and aggressively defend himself. Don't leave it in this limbo of not being sure, and this is now a question that the, the voters of Alabama are going to have to decide.
5: I, I was surprised because <clears throat> he had denied knowing this woman, and the yearbook shows up. Yeah. I was a little surprised forensics wasn't used.
10: Well, I, I will say that that is one of the most uh, disturbing things, as it's now been a couple of weeks since, since these allegations arose. And, and the yearbook w- w- was, I think, the, the, the single most concerning piece of evidence about one of the most serious charges. Right. And, and it still has not been hand o- handed over to a third party uh, t- to investigate well, and, and, and to verify it, whether it's accurate or not. By the and, way,
5: and I, that, had a, I had a, an expert that said if he had his writings at the time, they'd be able to tell. i got to sure. run, but Senator, we owe you a debt of gratitude. You have been true to your promises uh one of the few in dc and uh we do appreciate it we really do
10: well thank you sean we've got an historic opportunity right now and we got to step up and deliver and and Agreed. i think we're going to get this tax cut passed i think we're going to get it passed by the end of the year and and that that's a, a big big deal in terms of honoring our promise to the people
5: senator ted cruz texas thank you sir Eight hundred nine four one. 941 sean will continue
7: We will not hesitate to hold people accountable after there has been an appropriate investigation independent and objective by the inspector general into the handling of the prior matter. And based on that, I will look at all available remedies, depending on what the facts are when they are found. As to the access to the dossier, that's something that is a subject of ongoing discussion between my staff and the various intelligence committees.
6: There's nothing prohibiting you, director. Is there anything prohibiting you from showing this committee the what was presented to the FISA court? The, the application you all put together at the FBI that was presented to the FISA court, is there anything preventing you from showing us that?
8: The time the gentleman has expired, the director
7: can respond. I, I do not believe that I can legally and appropriately share a FISA court submission with this committee.
6: I'm talking about what the FBI put together, not what the court had. What, what you took there, what was the, the process put together, what you presented, what you took to the court. Court. When, when
7: I sign FISA applications, which I have to do almost every day of the week, they are all covered with a classified information cover. So that's part of why we are not be is it, be
6: that it Struck, is it likely that Peter Strzok played a part in the application the presented to the FISA court?
8: The gentleman's time has expired. However, I do want to follow up on your last response to the gentleman. This committee, the House Judiciary Committee, has primary jurisdiction over the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. Yeah. Uh, so any request for documents coming uh, to any part of the congress should include the House Judiciary Committee, and if it uh, uh, is classified in any way, shape, or form, it can be provided to us uh, in a classified setting. But uh, that is information that we are very much interested in Mr. Chairman, very much want to receive. Just a question to you, the chairman. Yeah, I don't think there's anything
6: prohibiting the FBI from giving us what they use to put together what was taken to the FISA court. That's what we're asking for, and there is nothing prohibiting him from doing that. I don't think there is either.
8: The time of the gentleman has expired, however. Do you care to respond to that? Director? Great. And I think I've covered
5: it. All right. Hour two, Sean Hannity show amazing exchanges. That was part of it. Jim Jordan was so on his game today, and that was him questioning the FBI director, Christopher Ray, continuing the press Ray on whether Peter Strzok submitted the FISA application and uh, whether or not the FBI worked with the Hillary campaign, if that's as wrong as it gets. And then Bob Goodlatte and, and Jordan continue arguing, arguing over the FBI submitting strucks fisa application and it raises a lot of questions number 1 you know all the irony just stands out in front of us and that is that wow i thought we were i thought we were looking in a trump russia collusion and here you have a hillary clinton campaign hillary clinton bought and paid for uh, hillary clinton through her running of the dnc bought and paid for russian phony salacious dossier that was paid for in an attempt to influence and propagandize and distort and lie to the American people in the lead up to an election. And then, of course, it raises the question, was this phony dossier used to obtain a Pfizer warrant in an effort to spy on either candidate or then president-elect Donald Trump? It appears it probably was. Sarah Carter, investigative journalist, is with us to discuss this and, and so much more. We got a lot of news on this breaking today, as I told you in the last half, in the last hour. Sarah, I mean, I thought Jordan couldn't be any better today. I
9: thought Jordan was very poignant, and I have to say that I thought Director Ray with the FBI was also very... he indicated a lot of things without saying them, right? He wanted to walk that fine line of objectivity. He knows that there's an ongoing investigation. He doesn't want to trample on that right now. He knows they're very, very close. To releasing some information from the inspector general but he did say emphatically that based on the findings of the inspector general and I think he has some clue right he has to know what's going on to a certain extent I mean because they're investigating people within the FBI senior officials within the FBI based on the findings of the inspector general he will take the appropriate action but Jordan made a really good point that they've been asking for this documentation they have oversight over the FBI and that is their place to get that documentation they don't have to you know the fbi doesn't have to withhold this documentation from them so i think they're expecting to see that and you know there's been more news today i mean we're looking at now a senior justice department official bruce Orr, has been you know Basically, demoted for meeting with Christopher Steele, Sean. Um, they found out that he had met with Christopher Steele. They found out he had met with people from Fusion GPS, who was the firm that hired, you know, Christopher Steele to put together this salacious dossier. So now that we're peeling back this onion, I mean, it's not even an onion anymore. It's a ball of yarn that's unraveling all over the
5: place. Well, we also have Senator Grassley uh, demanding that the FBI turn over all records on Trump hating FBI agent Peter Strzok. Uh, on top of that, you know, I think this is an important point that you're meeting here. You've got a senior Justice Department staffer who works directly under Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein caught meeting with Trump dossier author propaganda lies he paid for with Hillary Clinton money to get lies from from Russians about about Donald Trump. And I mean, I think this is outrageous. I mean, the fact that. You know, evidence collected by the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, Devin Nunes, indicating or met during the 2016 campaign with Christopher Steele. That then goes to the heart of, well, what did Comey know? And when did Comey know it? And, you know, that goes to the question of, did Comey want to pay this guy, hire this guy, Christopher Steele?
9: goes to a ton of questions. It goes to to everything that we're looking at. How many people here were were connected with this? How did the FBI handle this dossier? How did the FBI, if at all verify anything that was in that dossier. Who did Christopher Steele share the dossier with beyond the FBI, beyond the people at Fusion GPS? We know for certain that Christopher Steele did share that dossier with MI6, with GHCQ. So, I mean, these are the big questions here. And did the FBI by any chance use our foreign partners in Great Britain to gather any evidence against You know, the president, was it the same evidence against uh, persons associated with the Trump campaign or or then president, uh, uh, you know, Trump himself? uh, Did they use that in order to gather this FISA information? That would be that would be very wrong. It would be piggybacking off of the same bit of evidence that wasn't even evidence. Well, now now
5: I want to know the involvement of of Rod Rosenstein. I mean, if we look at this guy, he's a senior Justice Department staffer. I guess he was working on the what the ever so important uh, fourth floor if I'm not mistaken and right. and he lost his prestigious location but you know this guy was working directly under Rod Rosenstein and now what does yeah. Rod Rosenstein know about it what does James Comey know about it and then you look at the nexus between James Comey and the leaked— to the Columbia professor, to the New York Times and the appointment of Mueller and Mueller and Rosenstein and and Comey and and others. They're all best buddies and Weissman. Right. That's right.
9: And Andrew Weissman, and you have Jeannie Ray and other people very well connected, very much supporters of Hillary Clinton, um, openly supporting them, um, you know, maxing out their donations, uh, some of them uh, to the campaign, to the Hillary Clinton campaign. So that's why you see all this kind of animosity and anger, uh, you know, about this investigation up on the Hill. People want answers and they feel that they're not getting the answers fast enough. I believe that the Inspector General is going to be the best chance at getting the truth out. And I also believe that once that truth comes out, if people uh, broke the law, if there were crimes committed, if they failed to do their due diligence uh, in their jobs, people will be fired. People could be charged this could be like we said months and months ago when we started working on these stories this could be one of the biggest stories of our time that what what was done here up on its face according to sources was incredibly wrong and divisive and political and I mean it leads to so many different areas not just the dossier but we could go all the way back Sean to the unmasking and uh, the use of political espionage, and now they're looking at, you know, uh, uh, the possibility that there was political bias even within the bureau, within the FBI, that uh, was supposed to remain impartial, and like I said, only by the higher-ups, not apparently by the people on the ground that were doing the groundwork to ensure that they were doing their job.
5: Where do you think ultimately this is now going to head, and and how does Robert Mueller untangle the mess that he has caused for himself by picking all of these highly- partisan people and no Republican counterparts or counterweight to any of this to be a part of his team. I, th- I think probably the most outrageous appointment is Andrew Weissman, or at least I did up until I heard about Peter Strzok and now this guy, Mr. Orr. But I mean, it seems like everybody on that team is pro-Hillary, anti-Trump, and, and they are their tentacles reach into every single controversy that we have been discussing for the entire year.
9: Yeah, I know. It's incredible. I would have never thought the start of the beginning of this year, when we first started talking about unmasking, when we first started talking about Uranium One and all of these stories as they followed through, that it would be the same players and the same people involved in the same things over and over and over again. And as far as what Robert Mueller is going to do, we know we heard a statement from Rod Rosenstein um, you know, yesterday that he is very happy with uh, how Mueller is handling this investigation. I could tell you a lot of people in Washington are not happy about it at all and want some answers so where do you believe I don't know do we have a special counsel as people say investigating the special counsel is it going to go that far or Or will we have information come out based on the Department of Justice investigation into the leaks, whether the Department of Justice Inspector General's investigation, that's really going to answer a lot of our questions and uh, basically wrap this special counsel up.
5: I will take a break. We'll come back more with investigative uh, uh, reporter Sarah Carter. When we come back, I'll ask her, does she believe this phony Hillary Clinton bought and paid for dossier literally you know, went to GPS, Fusion GPS, was it used as the Pfizer surveillance, you know, the predicate to get that Pfizer surveillance warrant? All right, as we continue, investigative reporter Sarah Carter is with us. All right, now that we know Hillary bought and paid for, both with her campaign and her running of the DNC, as per Don in Brazil, uh, this Russian dossier, Christopher Steele, was when you, the first report, if I'm not mistaken, or one of the first reports you did was about how there were warrants against then-candidate and then-president-elect Trump. And you suspected there were a number of them. Now the question is, did, was a Pfizer warrant issued based on the Hillary Clinton bought and paid for dossier full of lies?
9: Well, we certainly know right now those are the questions that a lot of people want answered. I did speak to sources inside the Department of Justice that said that they had answered some of those questions already to members of the House Intelligence Committee who have been asking for months, by the way, for those answers. There is a belief among the sources that I've spoken with it's not 100% confirmed yet that, yes, the dossier was used as part of that FISA warrant. Now, that is not confirmed yet, though, but I want to make that very clear Uh, they haven't announced it yet, but there is a belief among sources that I've spoken to that it was. This is going to change everything, I believe, because they have to be able to say, and the FBI has to answer these questions to the Senate and House Judiciary Committees that has oversight over the FBI. How how did they use this as uh, if they did as as part of their FISA warrant uh, to uh, basically listen in, obtain emails on members of the Trump campaign yep. on Trump himself. Were the Abers able to ever prove that anything in that dossier was a fact? And if that dossier was bought and paid for, Shine, which we know now by we Hillary know it Clinton.
5: was, we know it was.
9: Yeah, we know it was, and and it was used to pay – actually, that money was used by Christopher Steele to pay FSB agents and former KGB agents of the Russian spy agency. How can you trust anything that was in that dossier? Look, all Russia wanted to do was sow chaos, and it appears that the media – and, you know, you like to say the word mainstream media, people say that the mainstream media members, even members of of, of uh, on Capitol Hill, uh, very political, very partisan, have allowed, basically done the Russians bidding. I got
5: a question. Where is now I keep hearing from my sources and I know you have better sources than I do, but I keep hearing the Department of Justice is doing their job. If everyone would just, you know, everything's happening, everything's on the table, everything's being investigated, but we don't see any of it. I mean, I, I, there's never been a case where there's not some leaking that something is happening that I can think of, and I'm not sure. And and, and Rosenstein now he's up to his eyeballs in this, and he appointed the special counsel. He said that that in fact Mueller's doing a great job. I, I, I frankly, where is the attorney general?
9: I have also been talking to sources over and over again about what's going on. Where is the attorney general? Believe it or not, I was speaking to a group of women uh, yesterday. Their main question was, where is the attorney general? Where is Jeff Sessions? Uh, The sources that I've been spoken to say that the Justice Department is doing their due diligence. They're doing their work. They have 27 leak investigations. We will be hearing something shortly. That is what I have been told now. I, like you, want to wait and see if that's true. But I have been Mm -hmm. told within the next 48 hours that there is a good chance – we will be getting some information about what's been going on into these investigations, not just the leak investigations, but within the FBI and how things were being handled. Now, I'm hoping that we will get that information and it will be made public, uh, and and we'll have to wait and see on that. But I think it's very important. We've written these stories in the past. You know, there's, there's been information out there. I've published a story on James Baker, who's a general counsel of the FBI, and how he was under investigation. Investigation for legal well, I keep hearing
5: stories about him and McCabe and a shakeup of the FBI, and there was no indication at the hearing today, but I, I wish we had more time. Sarah Carter, investigative reporter, you have been amazing. It's been incredible work that has gone on all year, and you continue. And this story is, I think it's a house of cards, and I think it's going to take one big, you know, draft of wind, and the whole thing's going to come tumbling down. I believe that.
12: It doesn't get better when you see clear impairments I don't know is that a tooth problem is that something else presidents every year typically go to the Bethesda Naval Hospital for a checkup Uh, this president to my knowledge is departing that tradition we don't have updates on his health we don't know what's going on but this is a legitimate issue worthy of consideration this is the man who commands America's nuclear arsenal and that video that speech that impairment is chilling. One thing I will point out is only two weeks ago, I think, in that same room, the diplomatic reception room, where he had that moment where he had to reach for the water right. because yeah. he had such dry mouth. Right. As I watched him perform there, or maybe
1: he's. I think stress. his
12: mouth was dry and he didn't want to reach for the water and have another water moment. So that, that's one explanation.
7: That, that's right. There is that, and that's what, that was noticeable on that clip that we just showed. But when you consider his age. His physical condition, he does not look in great physical shape and hasn't for some time. The anxiety, the worry, the burden of knowing that Bob Mueller and the special prosecutor is out there investigating nearly every aspect of his life and his family's financial life. And, uh, you know, the fact that, uh, (laughs) you know, he doesn't really know the the, the mechanics, the nuts and bolts of what he's talking about a lot of times. You know,
2: it's it's uh, scary. And you just sit there and you're like, okay, that's not the same person that I knew, and I'm not gonna judge them for what they're doing. Unfortunately, (laughs) in the case of my mother, I could have I could move that to the side at the beginning and I'm totally fine with it. In this case, Donald Trump has uh control of nuclear weapons. And we have listen if we can't talk about this now and trying to be as careful as we can I don't know when we can talk about it and it's not just about this speech it's about so many things that have happened and even at the as I said at the beginning of the speech I looked at Mike. I said look at him he's just not the same person
0: Welcome to the
5: You know, you can't even make these ironies up. That is a typical day on the Morning Joe show. That is a typical day. And he is so unhinged, and everybody around him is so unhinged. It's such an irony. The irony is simple. There was no Trump-Russia collusion. We've been investigating it for a year. But we do know that we have Hillary Clinton, DNC, Russia collusion because they bought and paid for a phony Russian propaganda dossier that was meant to lie and propagandize the American people. You know, we want to talk about health issues. You know, I was excoriated for daring to look at Hillary Clinton collapse into the arms of Secret Service agents and have one coughing fit after another. It is so personal for liberal Dr Joe and his bride to be and their entire team over there at conspiracy theory TV it is so personal they cannot stand and this goes for a lot of these never trumpers well he really needed water but he was afraid to take a drink it is it's it's like cnn it looks like donald trump's face in the ear of a dog i'm not making this up
13: this is CNN.
5: It is it is it is like, you know, he wants two scoops of ice cream and everyone else gets one. It is there is a collective destroy Trump media meltdown breakdown. Everything they have tried to do has been to take down this president, and they're not succeeding. The whole Mueller investigation is collapsing before our eyes. And what looks like is going to happen is going to be the biggest boomerang, as I have been predicting now for some time, against the Democrats. They don't go into the unethical uh, appointments, tactics, uh, appointees of Robert Mueller, Trump hating, Hillary-loving, indiv- they don't care about the All they care about is a personal vendetta with donald trump they don't care about the supreme court appointment he made they don't care about the burdensome regulations that are gone they don't care about him keeping his promise four other presidents wouldn't keep their promise how shocking he must be unstable because he actually kept his promise on moving jerusalem you know to the being the capital of israel you know oh my gosh donald what a horror. he got his tax plan for the most part through congress Oh, my gosh, that's another horrible thing. He stuck with repeal and replace and even went after his own party for not standing on their principles. This is horrible. This is a man that is not stable. He's gone and he's visited the entire world and China and Vietnam, all over the place. And I actually know the president, have been around the president. These people have nothing to do with the president. Anyway, 800 941 a our toll-free telephone number if you want to be A part of this extravaganza. Joining us now, John McLaughlin, pollster, founder of McLaughlin and Associates. Doug Schoen, uh, political author, commentator, Fox News analyst. And uh, thank you both for being with us. How are you? Um,
13: Just fine, Sean. Great to be with
5: you. Uh, Doug, I'll just ask you as a Democrat, I mean, you know, how do you I understand that people don't like a president. I understand that they oppose a president, but there's a certain emotional detachment where it is a fixation now that this is they wake up every day, they'll ignore any other real news, and they go with every conspiracy theory. Hatred now is literally foaming out of their mouths every morning, and I just, it's bizarre to me.
13: Well, you know, in the um, annals of medicine now, there's a new disease that has been isolated, but there is not a cure for it. It's called TDS or Trump Derangement Syndrome. It's so true. I, did, I disagree with the president on a lot. You know that, sure. But I know him to be somebody who is deeply committed to what he believes, to his worldview, and I believe him to be working hard and working consistently. Again, I say this as a Democrat, but more important, I say it as an American, because I say to people when the North Koreans come or our adversaries come, They're not going to ask whether we're liberals or conservatives, Democrats or Republicans. They're going to come up to us as Americans. We have to stand together as Americans. And I am part of what I would call the loyal opposition. And I underscore loyal.
5: But, you know, I mean, you look at what happened here. We've had, what, four or five presidents now promising every Democrat that I mentioned yesterday, all saying that Jerusalem should be the capital of Israel, and he gets no credit for that. Why didn't Obama do it? Why didn't Clinton do it? Why didn't George W. Bush do it? They should have. They should have. Well...
3: Well, I tell you, Sean, for me, it's a special gratification because, as you know, over two years ago, I was fortunate to poll for Prime Minister Netanyahu and and and. The Obama administration tried to rig that election against us. They tried to—they interfered in that election. They tried to undermine him. And Prime Minister Netanyahu was able to win because the Israeli people listened to him, and they wanted a strong Israel uh, that was secure and would be able to protect themselves. And then just last year, I also got to poll for President Trump. And, uh, you know, the one thing after the election— a year ago in December when he called me to say thank you, and we were talking about the election. I had some good polling numbers at the time, and he and I said to him, you know, this was a historic election. No one has ever gone on to beat the Republican establishment and then go on and beat the Washington establishment. And, and I said, you got to put your helmet on because they're going to come after you, and they're going to try to undermine your popular ratings because if you're popular, they can't stop you from in- – implementing your agenda. And he doesn't, you know, he's doing it. I mean, yesterday when he signed uh, the order to to, to recognize uh, Israel as the capital, uh, which the Israelis wanted, which
5: Jerusalem as the capital, is, right.
3: Yeah. Jerusalem, right. Every other country tells us what their capital is that we recognize and put an embassy there, except for Israel. But he's, he's disrupting things that the establishment is afraid, afraid of when he changes everything, the tax cuts, uh, making America more secure, securing our border. He's, he's doing so many things that he promised he was going to do that the political establishment, I mean, they're basically trying to undermine this guy with like some sort of fishing expedition. Because, you know, I have, we have, uh, our polling firm represents 22 Republicans, one of them uh, in the House, one of them is Pete King. Pete King's telling me, There is no evidence of any collusion with the Russians. None. He basically says, and I I was on the campaign, I could tell you there was no collusion. And it was just absolutely ridiculous. But they're looking for something to get rid of him because he's making so many changes, and he's he's really strengthening out the country, and he's doing it. Um, in spite of the Washington establishment, and they're just apoplectic. They don't know what to do. Saturday, I t- saw him speak at Cipriani's. The president spoke for an hour, totally at a fundraiser, totally lucid, intelligent. The person you and I know, whether it's in person or in front of a
5: crowd. By the way, I, mean, I, I have had days where I am exhausted, and I've done shows, and you get a little lazy in your speech. You know, it's it's not the result of anything except. You know, no sleep. I mean, that's it's just a fact. You know, I always will say that my New York accent is a lot thicker (laughs) when I'm tired. It's just a fact. We all get tired. You have lived in campaigns. Uh, I don't sleep a lot to begin with. I've had nights I sleep one or two hours and then I got a full load the next day. And you know what? I may not be as energetic that day as I was the day before. Yeah, and I'm sure Doug can attest
3: to the fact that President Clinton used to keep him up all night going over polls. I mean, President Trump is tireless. Tireless. And the guy, and he works, he's he's, a, he's unbelievable, he's an unbelievable worker, and the guy is brilliant. And the the D.C. establishment and the elites around the world are just apoplectic. They just want to try to get rid of him.
5: What's your reaction to yesterday's decision and these attacks on the president, Doug? Look, I am somebody who has worked—I worked
13: for Menachem Begin 40-odd years ago in Israel. I have worked for prime four prime ministers, and I would say that I was proud as an American Jew that the embassy was moved. And I can only say that we have to stand firm, because the only way to prevent an intifada is for us to say this is, an you know, a, a final decision. The embassy is going to move uh, uh, to Jerusalem. It is the eternal and divisible capital. Of the state of Israel, and I was proud as a Jew, proud as an American. And I yes, was proud
5: as proud an proud American as I, 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 And it speaks volumes about what he accomplished and what others didn't. All right, moving on. Now that we find out, we we have a really good insight into the team that Mueller has has put together. You know, Democratic donors, pro-Hillary, anti-Trump individuals, people that have you know been responsible for some of the, some travesties of justice unethical conduct, made-up laws, et cetera, overturned by the Supreme Court, Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, et cetera. Wh- where do you go when you see such a biased team put together by a special prosecutor? I, I, I have a simple answer.
13: We need, and I've said this on your show, your TV show, Sean, we need a special prosecutor to look at Uranium One, the dossier in Hillary. And I think it behooves uh, the Justice Department to appoint a second special prosecutor to look at Secretary Clinton.
5: We'll take a break. We'll come back. Doug Schoen with us. Also, John McLaughlin, 800-941-SHAWN is our toll-free telephone number. If you want to be a part of the program, uh, we have a Hannity shootout about all of these issues. And Al Franken, of course, saying today plans to resign in a couple of weeks. Two more women have come forward. Uh, and we'll get to all of that and much more right here. And your calls, is 800-941-SHAWN. All right, as we continue, a pollster Doug Schoen and the pollster John McLaughlin. John, I'll ask you the same question I asked Doug. Now that we know this merry band of Trump-hating uh, Clinton-Obama donors, DNC donors, was were all selected by Robert Mueller, and their ethics now are very questionable, uh, whether they can actually do this investigation to begin with. What what do we do at this late hour?
3: Well, I think the one thing that's coming across and it's not coming from the mainstream media, it's from yourself, Sean, and from others that it's getting out there. The voters are realizing that they're on a fishing expedition, and instead of the Russians colluding to interfere in the election, what you had is Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton covering up her crimes, corrupting... Our law enforcement agencies, even the fbi and and now you 're finding out all this bias among these law enforcement professionals who are supposed to be neutral and uh, you know I think they 're persecuting people 's lives I mean Don jr. had to testify for ten hours yesterday and uh, and, and in the meantime you have a, uh, a general Flynn somebody who somebody served our country i mean they 're getting on some so little technical lie i mean The president ought to just pardon Flynn, fire Mueller, and, like, and and if anything, like, what Doug's saying is appoint the special counselor or special prosecutor to go after what Hillary did with Uranium One. It's been well documented. They took over $100 million. I mean, they're going after Flynn for taking
5: some paid speeches.
3: The Clinton Foundation took over $100 million and then gave them the rights to their uranium. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous
5: i think it's uh, all i think the house of cards is coming down i really i don't even think i have to blow at this point but the uh, big bad wolf is at the door and he's gonna huff and puff and uh, this house is gonna collapse i can tell you that all right thank you all for being with us appreciate it doug schoen and uh, uh john mclaughlin
12: you know an important part of the conversation we've been having the last few months has been about how men abuse their power and privilege to hurt women i am proud that during my time in the senate i have used my power to be a champion of women and that I've earned a reputation as someone who respects the women I work alongside every day. I know there's been a very different picture of me painted over the last few weeks, but I know who I really am. Serving in the United States Senate has been the great honor of my life. I know in my heart that nothing I have done as a senator, nothing, has brought this honor on on this institution. And I am confident that the Ethics Committee would agree. But nevertheless, today I am announcing that in the coming weeks, I will be resigning as a member of the United States Senate.
5: All right, Senator Al Franken announcing he will be resigning in the next couple of weeks. 800 941 is our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, joining us now to, to react to all this is Danielle McLaughlin, attorney, constitutional expert. She co-wrote The uh, Federalist Society, How Conservatives Took the Law Back from Liberals. Jonathan Gillum is the host of The Experts. He's got a book coming out now, Sheep No More, radio, television, uh, talk show host. And longtime colleague of mine, Steve Malsberg, is uh, with us. Welcome, all of you. Thanks for being here. My pleasure, Sean. You know, Danielle, I I can't take any of this seriously from the Democratic Party. And I'm going to tell you why. Up to and including all through the election, up until at least November 8th of 2016, you had a party for 30 years that defended the indefensible, and they defended the Clintons, and they went to war against any woman that dared to tell the truth about what a predator Bill Clinton was. Now, do I believe people can have a change of heart, people can mature? I don't think that's what's going on here. I see this as political expediency. This is an opportunity for the Democratic Party to to rebrand, if you will. Tell me where I'm wrong.
14: I actually don't necessarily agree with you. I think that there's been a sea change in uh, public opinion, and I think that what, what Franklin, uh, excuse me, what Franken did today was to try and get some moral high ground for Democrats as they face down Roy Moore and Donald Trump. And they're going to sit there and say, "We are getting rid of our own. Conyers is going as well. GOP stand up." But wait
10: a minute. It's but but wait a
5: minute. But, but just change. one year ago, Steve Molsberg, what were they doing? They, they were defending Hillary Clinton. She was a part of the smearing and slandering of women. Going, going back to Jennifer Flowers for crying out loud.
15: Absolutely. And celebrating Bill Clinton. And if Hillary Clinton were in the White House, and you said this, Sean, none of this would be happening. I think that's pretty obvious. And, and, and what they did today, and I love this, I'll retire, I'm, I'm resigning in a few weeks. You know, when I feel like it, uh, which is bizarre to me. But nonetheless, this is all orchestrated. It all started yesterday. They made a conscious effort. We're all going to come down on Frank, and he has to go so that we could go after more and then eventually go after Trump. That's what it's all about.
5: And how convenient Jonathan Gillum is it that, oh, he'll be he'll be replaced by a Democratic governor. In the state. They're not losing the seat. They're not putting that seat at risk.
11: Yeah. See, I don't agree with when somebody uh, steps down or uh, gets ousted. I think they should have another election in their uh, in their state right then. Um, I don't agree with the way that that works, but I'll tell you this, Sean, and I know everybody would agree with me on this. Al, whether, he, whether or not they get rid of Al Franken and, and Conyers, what we need to know is what who has been taking part in this slush fund to pay for these uh, these uh, sexual allegations and to pay people off. If we really want a clean house, we need to know that who's on that list.
5: Why are we the taxpayers? footing the bill for their settlements. Danielle, Danielle, I've got to believe you agree with that. If they want to pay money, let it come out of their pockets.
14: Uh, I couldn't agree more. I think that there is a a real problem with the process within the Congress to resolve these complaints, not least because it is completely non-transparent. It's completely opaque. The American public don't know what's going on, who said what, who did what, who's accused of what, and then taxpayers pay for it. And I think that's one thing that we can certainly agree on. Going back to your point about the Clintons, you know, I'm a Clinton supporter. I'm a Hillary Clinton supporter. I still, to this day, believe she's done an enormous amount for women and girls across the country and around the world. And I want to be very careful about blaming the wife or the spouse or the partner for the sins of. I'm not not blaming
5: her. I'm not blaming her at all for the sins. But all of those women weren't believed and all of those women were called liars. And all of those women remember drag 100 bucks through a trailer park. You never know what somebody's going to say. That was all part of her husband's team. She sat there, watched it, and according to many reports was a part of it. That happened
14: to, to most women at that time. I think there's a reason why.
5: So you're making an excuse, even up no, to no, and no, including no, no, last right. year.
14: And have, no, and I think you have people like Chris and uh, Gillibrand coming out and saying, we need to look back. This is wrong. This was 30 years ago, and the president was impeached. And I know it's nice to talk about Clinton because he's no, one
5: no, of the No, 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 no. This but is 2016, crack. Steve Malzberg. I'm not talking about 30 years ago. I'm saying it's been a 30-year process of doing this.
0: Absolutely.
15: And, and, you know, portraying, with all due respect, and you know, portraying Hillary Clinton as the poor wife, and you can't blame the poor woman for the sins of the husband. Of course you can, if he's having affairs or, or even if he's uh, committing sexual assault. But she organized, she was in charge of trashing the accusers. She didn't sit idly by, only sit idly by, as she didn't allow it to happen over and over, reportedly. But she wasn't; she, she trashed these women. And, by the way, Time magazine should have put... Paula Jones and Juanita Broderick and Kathleen Willey and the rest of them on that cover with the other women because they are the pioneers in what's happening now.
5: Let me ask this. Would you take money from countries like Saudi Arabia and all these these countries that practice Sharia and abuse women? They can't drive. Marital rape is not illegal. Uh, women can't travel alone. They can't leave the house in some cases. Uh, gays and lesbians are killed. Christians and Jews are persecuted. If those countries offered money for your foundation, would you take it, Daniel?
14: Personally, no. But you know who also took it: Bush one, uh, Bush, excuse me, Bush two, and even Ivanka Trump with this new uh, program that she has for women and tra- entrepreneurs around the world.
5: So you wouldn't really take, you wouldn't take, you wouldn't there. take any money, which is my point, because they took no, millions and millions and millions of dollars. Now here's the difference. She ran for president. I've never heard her criticize those countries. Did they buy her silence?
14: No, I don't think so at all. This is a woman who went to China uh, a decade ago and said women rights, women's rights are human rights. Human rights. This is a woman who came Did
5: she of school ever criticize the countries? Can you find criticisms of the countries she took money from that abused women?
14: Uh, off the top of my head, no, but I do not mm-hmm. have any doubt. In
5: I've mind. looked. I haven't been able to find it. For women. What do you think, Jonathan?
11: Well, you know, I I think not only should they not be taking money from these countries, if the State Department wants to be useful, they should be utilizing the State Department uh, to make uh, statements against these countries and to where we actually cut off certain ties with them until they get, you know, on board with the way the rest of the world is changing. But here's the thing, Sean, I can guarantee you, if Hillary Clinton had been elected, uh, the possibility is that the same people complaining would have come out and the same uh, allegations would be uh, spiraling out of control now however the way this would have been uh, looked at by the democratic party would have been much different because they could coordinate any type of illusion that they wanted if Hillary Clinton had been in office and i can guarantee you it would have, the outcome would have been that the democrats are great and the republicans are evil and they ju- it just would have turned into a rather than let's fix this problem and get rid of these dirty people up there in washington dc it would have just turned into uh let's make the democrats look bad and the republicans uh or the democrats look good and the republicans look bad
5: let me ask this question and i want everybody's opinion now that we know that james uh comey and uh, people that work for him and this guy peter struck now that we know that they were writing an exoneration of hillary before they ever completed the investigation would you like to see the email server investigation reopen daniel
14: No, I don't think it's necessary. I think what is happening with Comey and his people is basically what uh, Clinton effectively did with Ken Starr back in the 90s when he was being investigated. And it is, if you're worried about an investigation, you besmirch besmirch the people who are doing it. And that's what's happening with Comey. That's what's happening with Mueller. I think the concerns about uh, internal text messages between a couple of FBI agents, you know what, Mueller, as soon as he knew about this, he got rid of that guy. And I think that's very important and actually speaks to the credibility of the investigation rather than a problem.
5: Steve Malsberg, I find this pretty amazing amazing that you write an exoneration long before you ever even interview the main participants in a in an on an issue that we know where crimes were committed as it relates to the email server scandal that doesn't sound like equal justice under the law to me
15: absolutely you're absolutely correct and jim jordan today at the committee hearing for the fbi director ray really put him on the spot, and Ray would not respond. He wanted to know if Peter Strzok, the agent you're referring to, also had something to do with the Russian dossier on Trump, that after it was uh, you know, written up by Christopher Steele, if it was taken by Strzok to the FISA court and presented as a, a, a legal document to get a warrant, for Trump administration, incoming Trump administration officials. And Ray would not answer the question. And Jordan said, I think was, I'm right. I mean, he, was he was yeah,
5: brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant today. Yep. All right stay right there. Steve Malzberg, Jonathan Gillum, Danielle McLaughlin are with us. We'll also get to your calls in the next half hour. Eight hundred nine four one Sean on number
6: Peter Strzok, the guy who ran the Clinton investigation, interviewed Mills, Aberdeen, interviewed Secretary Clinton, changed gross negligence and crime to the term extreme carelessness, who ran the Russian investigation, who interviewed Mike Flynn, gets put on Mueller's team, and then he gets kicked off for a text message that's anti-Trump. If he kicked everybody off Mueller's team who was anti-Trump, I don't think there'd be anybody left. So here, here there's got to be something more here. It can't just be some text messages that show a pro-Clinton, anti-Trump bias. There's got to be something more. And I'm trying to figure out what it is. But my hunch is it has something to do with the dossier. Director Did Peter Strzok help produce and present the application to the FISA court to secure a warrant to spy on Americans associated with the Trump campaign.
7: Uh, Congressman, I'm not prepared to discuss anything about uh, a FISA process in this it's setting.
6: Not a, we're not talking about what happened in the court. We're talking about what the FBI took to the court, the application. Did Peter Strzok, was he involved in taking that to the court? Uh, I'm not going to discuss in this setting anything to do with the
7: FISA court applications. All
5: right. That was the hearing that went on today with the FBI director. I mean, amazing moment. Steve Molsberg, you were referring to that before we went to the break. I, I Everything that a few of us... That our conservatives have been saying now for quite a while.
15: Absolutely, and it's not only uh, Peter Struck, uh, uh, Sean, and uh, you got James Rosen reporting today uh, at Fox that um, a senior Justice Department official, uh, Bruce Orr, uh, associate deputy attorney general, um, like the fourth guy in the Justice Department, has been demoted uh, because he met with Christopher Steele who wrote the Trump dossier during the campaign. And then after the election, he met with Fusion GPS officials. So he's been demoted. And then you got the guy, Andrew Weissman, who we found out the other day, thanks to Judicial Watch, uh, that he was praising the acting attorney general, Sally Yates, when she disobeyed Trump's order on the travel ban. And I got a question for everybody, Sean, where is Jeff Sessions?
5: Good question. Where is he? Uh, it's a great question. If anyone finds him, please <laughs> let us know. Uh, Danielle McLaughlin, I would think that if, if you have people that are – now that we know that Hillary Clinton and Hillary Clinton through the DNC that she was controlling, according to Donna Brazile, is, is buying and paying for, bought and paid for Russian propaganda to influence the American voters before the election – and then you, you know you have all of these details emerging that people within the FBI are pro-Hillary Clinton and anti-Trump that are involved in all of these investigations, I would think as an attorney, that would bother you to the point where you would think that's not equal justice under the law.
14: Well, a couple of things, Sean. Number one, the opposition research that Clinton did is not that different from any other opposition research that any political entity or operative does. Number two, the Steele memo, very clear in reporting from The Guardian, explained that Steele did not pay a single one of his sources. So the the smearing of steel is political in nature. He did not pay his sources. He used sources that he'd developed in Russia over a 30 year period or so. So equal justice under law means exactly that. I think what's happening is people are undermining uh, Mueller, they're undermining many of the operatives within this investigation because they don't, they're worried about what is coming out. And as for people like Flynn, I mean, Flynn lied to the FBI. Sally Yates went to White House Counsel Don McGahn and said, we have a problem with Flynn. Sally Yates resigned because, well, excuse me, she was fired because she wouldn't follow through on the travel ban. And that's her ethical obligation. If she did not think that thing was constitutional, that was her her ethical obligation.
5: Let me give Jonathan, the last word today. You know, here's one
11: thing we got. We have to remember when we're looking at all this investigation. First and foremost, all these people were handpicked. And I love Steve, but you got to use a different word. It's not demoted. They were removed. And if you look at it, you look at the fact that these people were handpicked, how they think, what their ideologies are. When they get caught because something comes out in the open, they get removed. And in the case of the guy who has these text messages with another FBI uh, attorney that he was sleeping with, he was not demoted, fired. He was removed from the investigation. And guess where he was put? He was. He was. It's a lateral promotion to the deputy assistant director of human resources. So he's going to be now over charge of the people who actually go out and to look and judge people who do the exact no, same thing. I got to run. Do it.
5: Jonathan, always good to see you. Steve, thank you for being with us. Danielle, always a pleasure. 800 941 Sean, toll-free telephone number. We hit the phones when we get back. We have an amazing show tonight at 9. We'll give you the details straight ahead. Hi, 25 till the top. Why are you annoying me and distracting me before I come on the uh, air?
1: It's too fun not to. It's just so fun. Your New
5: York accent is getting thicker by the hour. Well, I mean, maybe.
1: Well, I definitely put it on for effect because I know how much it irritates you. You do not
5: put it on for effect. I sure do. It, no, because. Well, when
1: I'm angry, it comes out. When I'm tired, it well, comes out. How about
5: every time you talk, it comes out?
1: That happens too. Yeah,
5: that happens too. I mean, occasionally. It's, occasionally. You know, uh, anyway. Yesterday,
1: we were on the road and uh, I was was very tired. And so we were at a, another studio, and I said, "I need some coffee." And the whole room turns around, and the guy was like, Are "You from Louisiana?" I'm like, "That's very funny." It's hysterical. thank you very much for playing. But I uh, wondered if you were going to talk about your award. Well, I was—I
5: I, no, because I accepted the award on behalf. And this is uh, Jenny Tom. There was so many great people in that room. I—I I can't. There were so many people that were being honored. I just happened to be one of them. And I thought it was an amazing event, and I said I'm only accepting this because I don't want awards. The awards don't mean a whole lot to me, and it does. In other words, I don't want to be, as I said to the crowd, "This is for every irredeemable, deplorable friend of ours, and all of you in this room that cling to your God, your guns, and your religion, and that
1: which you got rounding applause." Okay, and then I said. We have to be
5: honest about this. We're all spokes in a wheel, and the wheel is to defend the country, to defend liberty, to defend our Constitution, to fight for our kids and our grandkids and our way of life and future generations and fight against now what is, what is a, an absolute madness that has taken over in the country and that the rule of law is literally hanging by a thread— by more corruption than I've ever seen in my life. So I take it seriously, and I was very honored, but I honestly believe what I say. If you have a wheel and you have one spoke, your wheel's gonna collapse. You need every spoke in the wheel. And you're a spoke, and Sunshine, you know, your your girlfriend over there, your sisterhood over there, Jesus spoke, as Jason is, as everybody, we all are. I don't know about Ethan sometimes, but I mean mostly. What? Me? Just kidding. Ethan is the most
1: important spoke in the wheel.
5: All right. There you go. Uh, uh, All right. Let's go to uh, Donna is in Maryland. Donna, hi. How are you? Glad you called, and uh, thanks for being with us. Hey, Donna. How are you? What's going on? Uh,
14: Yes, I'm doing I'm here. Thank you so much. Congrats on your Impact Award. That is tremendous. And I heard it from another fave talk show host this morning who announced it, and it made me very happy for you. I've got to say, with respect to the Mueller situation, you know, the fake special counsel and the fake dossier and the fake news, I think this is going to have a boomerang effect and against the left and all their shenanigans, uh, the deep state is about to be unravelled, and I think it's going to start with the FBI. And who knows where else it's going to go? But I think you're correct. I think the house of cards is coming down.
5: Yeah, I do. I believe it, and it's happening sooner than I think people imagine. Um, I would say by the by January some point in January, we're going to learn that Donald Trump had nothing to do with Trump-Russia collusion. Absolutely, positively nothing. All right, let's get to our uh, busy phones here as we say hi to John in York, PA. John, hi, how are you? Glad you called. Hi, Sean. How are you doing today? I'm good, sir. What's happening?
0: The way I see it is like this. With the evidence that's come out now about the Mueller investigation, where it's painted, I don't see a problem with the president firing Mueller. I mean, he could appoint an Alan Dershowitz, who seems as, <clears throat> as look. Alan actualist.
5: Alan Dershowitz has been amazing on on this issue. He look. There's a, my my disagreement disagree with, with him. It's it, it's actually pretty profound. Um, I love his consistency and his intellectual honesty, and I think he's absolutely right. We can't criminalize political differences. All of that is true. But I I in my heart, and I I think the facts bear out. Hillary Clinton committed many multiple crimes, felonies. And I just worry that if Hillary Clinton has a separate justice system for her and we have a dual justice system in the country, we don't have equal justice under the law, then our constitution's meaningless. And I think it's profound. And I think the great irony in all of this is the person that should have been investigated was never investigated. And I think that's a big problem. Anyway, uh, thank you for the call. Back to our phones. Uh, let's say hi to uh, Dan in Michigan. Dan, the man. How are you? Glad you called, sir. What's going on?
0: Um, hey, Sean. Listen, you've walked this Mueller thing right to the to the point where you asked the question, "What now?" The last few days, you're like, "What now?" And 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 a quick point: you have to demand this. What now? And that is Jeff Sessions. Use the argument for political, he is recusing himself, so there's zero hint of political or personal bias. Now that Jeff Sessions has seen that he's been hoodwinked and tricked, he has to step And there is political and personal bias in abundance, as you've laid out, Jeff Sessions has to step back in because those are the same standards he used to drop out. So he has to say, holy smokes. I want an independent, it's not independent, and he's got to step in and end it. And then the second point to your question, you always ask, or people always say, okay, then what, if the session steps back in? He doesn't need to appoint anybody. He needs to end it because there is no collusion.
5: I think what Rod Rosenstein said yesterday was beyond the pale. With everything that we have exposed, and I won't try to regurgitate it all in the, in the last moments of the show here today, but for him to say he's happy with what Mueller's doing and doesn't see how unethical this all is, how dangerous this all is, how biased this all is, how, how absolutely atrocious this process has been, then Rod Rosenstein is useless and there's no business being in his job. Uh, let's go to our phones as we say hi to Larry in Washington, D.C., or was it Washington State? Where, where are you calling from?
13: Aberdeen, Washington.
5: What's going on, my friend? Glad you called.
13: Hi, Sean. It's a pleasure to talk to you.
5: Pleasure's all mine. What's up?
13: I would like to know why Sessions doesn't start an investigation with this uranium thing, because Mueller and and Rosenstein and those guys, they signed off on this.
5: Well, I I agree with you. I mean, Jeff... Listen, I keep hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and all my sources and all the people I talk to and, and people that I know that are actively investigating it. And I keep hearing the same thing. Well, the Justice Department will tell you, you know, don't make assumptions that nothing is going on because they really are understanding that there's a lot at stake and a lot of legal issues in play.
13: Yeah, because I think if they did it, it would stop that whole investigation.
5: Yeah. Well, listen, I, I, this, this investigation has now become... An absolute witch hunt. There's not and there's not equal justice under the law. And it's been politicized. And we're criminalizing political differences. You know, call it anything you want. But this is get Trump at any cost. And the deep state, as I have said for the longest time, is actively daily undermining this president. The Democrats are actively undermining the president. There are Republicans doing the same. There are the media doing the same. You watch the Never Trumpers on on Liberal Morning Joe. It's the same thing. It is almost like a mass hysteria has taken over the country. Yeah, I know it. Scary. It's a scary time. Scary, scary time. You know, that's yes, why, I'm, yes. I, listen, we're working hard every day and night to get this information to you because we know you're not going to get it elsewhere. And there's so much of it. And that's why I'm trying every night and day as hard as I can to break it down in ways that are totally, completely understandable so that people get it. All right. Back to our phones Uh, as we say hi to Robert in Boca Raton in Florida. Robert, hi. How are you? Glad you called.
0: Yes. I'm glad to talk to you. We need to have uh, the Attorney General Jeff Sessions reengage. He now has the evidence that Mueller and his crew uh, is corrupt. He needs to dismiss him, replace him. With
5: Absolutely. Where is he? I know. I'm saying the same thing. I mean, we've got to get some movement here soon, or I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a mass calling, I can tell you, because I hear from Congress, of, well, of he, sessions to go.
0: He needs to reengage, and if he can't do the job, replace him. Uh, that's oh. what made Donald Trump great uh, as a businessman, and it's time to replace people who can't do
5: the job. Appreciate the call. Thank you. By the way, Linda um i gave her son a lot of praise you sent me a picture when was it over the weekend you went to you took
1: yeah we did normal things like taking your children to see santa i have nothing wrong with santa i mean it's
5: it's all fine and good but here's i saw the picture of little liam how old is liam two years old now he just turned two okay liam is is scared to death of santa and i said to you good i said that's not a bad thing because we teach our kids not to trust strangers santa is a stranger to him and not only is he a stranger, he dresses, well, let's say, very differently. He's got a beard that we don't see every day, a funny hat, and Santa wants him to sit on his lap and hug him and, and say the Merry fi- Christmas. The funnier so part- the fact that he's he has a natural instinct not to trust the stranger is a good thing.
1: Okay, maybe I can the point. But it's good to not trust strangers. Mark this oh, point
5: in the tape this will for a promo. A new,
1: this will be a promo forever. This is gonna be a but, promo. Yeah. But I will say the funny the most funny part about it is he was so so excited to meet Santa. Mm-hmm. And and he sees Santa from like, you know, across the room. He's like, Santa right. Santa He's screaming at the top of his lungs, you know, and I'm just like, okay, this is very subtle. We get over to Santa, we're about five feet from Santa, and suddenly he begins to shake and cry. And he's like, No, don't let me touch him, and it's like I, I see nothing. I, and by the way, I've seen that happen
5: many times. I don't. Re- I we honestly, didn't even get near Santa. We were like five feet. But away. I don't, don't remember. I i think my daughter might have been a little. Eerie. Did you do those pictures when they were little? I, I I don't have many pictures at all. I just you know I don't. I, now we have them, but I don't go through every single day. I have pictures all over my offices. But short of those that are there, I'm not running through pictures day. You're not looking day. at
1: the Santa memories.
5: No, I mean, I'll do that when I'm 80 and, you know, I'm, I'm going, you know, out in and the you're wilderness. You're not investigating the FBI. <laughs> I'm not investigating the <laughs> FBI 24-7. Um, but I think it's, I don't think it's a bad thing that there are kids that are young that have a natural fear of a stranger. I don't. Now, they, of course, they're going to learn to love Santa and sit on Santa's lap, but I don't know, for other, some kids it's, you know, two, and some kids it's maybe
1: four. I mean, I know, listen, I know- As soon they as they
5: figure out family. Santa's going to give them free right. stuff-
1: there's presents coming. Yeah,
5: but then, uh, then I think they get over the fear.
1: I mean, I am raising a Republican, so I, I kind of like that he doesn't like to get How do you stuff. know your son's a Republican? I just know.
5: You can't know that I know. Two,
1: he likes to work hard. He likes to, you know, he's very respectful to his what elders. What does a two-year-old work
5: hard at?
1: He works hard. He lifts up his choo He carries them from one side of the room to the other side of the I, room. I don't
5: even know what to he get. there.
1: He builds with blocks. You know, he's a hard no, worker. No, I
5: see the kid driving that car you bought him around in circles. Yeah, you know, he
1: gets to business out on the lawn. He's got the he's got the big jeep. You know, I mean, he it's told a real me he car. He's with the Trump tax plan.
5: Oh, jeez. Are you? Serious? I will
1: say. <laughs> <laughs> I will say. Now, uh, oh, wait, man, wait a now that, you,
5: now that you're going to be a part of the family this year, you're getting like you have to get linda presents and you have to get liam and 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 everybody else presents
1: i've been buying presents anyway she's been auntie lauren for a while all right my present we're just making it official
5: my present is christmas bonus that's it i'm not gonna go shopping for everybody and pick the wrong thing and by the way i did get nice gifts from our team here i don't like when people spend money on me at all i don't like it it's not necessary i am humbly appreciative I don't want to talk about the present because with the present comes a big controversy for me, and I don't want to go to the controversy. What is it, Hannity? What is it? That's called a teaser. Yeah, that's called I want a, I want a motorcycle. We're going to tell
1: you in the news. I don't year. really
5: feel like dealing with the, with the controversy because the last time I ended up with a Vespa, which was nice. Um, but I, I've never given up my desire to have a motorcycle you know, as a—well, I shouldn't say it. There's a friend of—somebody that's very famous that I know that lives nearby me, and he's he's big in motorcycles. Listen, I
1: see motorcycles are fun, and if you know how to ride them and you're safe, I know how to ride them. Safe.
5: I'd only go—I'm not taking this, you know— You're
1: to, not freewheeling down the highway. You're just going no. out for a Sunday drive. That's basically all I'd that's want to do. That's it. You know?
5: That's going to wrap things up for today. We've got an incredible Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. We have a corrupt media we'll be investigating. Also, we've got new developments investigating the team that Mueller has put together, Trump haters, Hillary lovers. Does that sound like equal justice under the law to you? Newt Gingrich, Kellyanne Conway, much more. Sarah Carter tonight, Hannity, 9 Eastern. Set your DVR to the Fox News Channel. I promise you won't be disappointed. See you tonight at 9. Back here tomorrow. Oh, wow, it's Friday tomorrow.
2: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
3: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.